right. Here we are. Here we are. Another night at the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. What's what is it? The redneck hippie from Mississippi? <laughs> you know, I can roll with it. I can roll with it. So. Here it is. Run the FF. Justin Rogers. What's going on? It's been a fun week so far. We are in the middle of our of our startup draft for the Listener League. We got some big stuff going on about an hour before the show that's going to be fun to talk about. Before we get into it, you know, we, we decided to go for a rocket ride tonight. We're, we're on a rocket ship. I'm excited, man. Prompted me to bust out some uh, some Elysian Space Dust IPA. I don't know. Should I do the big big intro buildup for this guy? I mean, you better get to moving somehow. I know. I better Goodness gracious. Up, it will be an oh. hour or two before you Let's get Let's do this. He's a DLF <laughs> football writer. He's the co-host of The Tale of Two Rivals. One of my favorite pods and, you know, a lot of people's favorite pods, Rookie Fever. You can't discredit one of the great pods out there today. If you haven't listened to Rookie Fever, oh, you have to start getting into that. Anyway, at FF underscore Spaceman, Dave Wright! Welcome to the show, my man! So this is what it's like to be with the cool kids, right? I'm all ready. I felt like the big nerd getting ready for prom or something. Like, oh, which uh, you know, which tie should I go to? Bow tie or not? Yes! I'm, very, I'm ready to party tonight. Let's go. <laughs> I'm so excited. You're excited. That got me extra extra pumped. It doesn't take much to get me excited, but but Dave, or I mean, I'm just gonna call you Spaceman. I, I was I was referring to you in my head as Spaceman. I even wrote it on my my loose agenda. I have like this little. I, I write everything. I wrote I, you know everything I tweeted to you guys. I, I write down. Yeah, and, he's got it on an illegible piece of notebook <laughs> paper that only one person in the world can decipher. Dude, you gotta love the spaceman. He is a, just a a universe of knowledge, a galaxy of knowledge. Right? You are the the spreadsheet king, the, the data master. Is that? I mean, am I making shit up? I, I mean, wish my wife would call me spaceman. That made me feel really a lot better about myself. <laughs> but <laughs> but I wouldn't say I'm a wealth of knowledge because I need to keep it on a spreadsheet to be able to remember it. Because once it goes in the spreadsheet, I forget about it. I use it as a cheat sheet. That's how I. Uh, I'll phrase it here. So I'm going to have to rely on you guys too for a little bit of help tonight. That is awesome. Well, we first got to know each other last year leading up to the SFB Potathon, uh, where you play a prominent role. So I like to think that I'm the I'm the guy behind the scenes with all the sponsorships. So my job is to cut, and mm. I actually have had a couple of people help out this year too. Daddy's home, Mike Fiella. Mike D, I cannot remember his last name because he just has Mike D on his Twitter, but Mike D also is helping out. What we're trying to do is get all the sponsorships with you guys. You're returning so returning sponsors, which is a big freaking deal. Justin, so, we're uh, we're returning sponsors. Yeah, yeah, we are. Actually, <laughs> we already discussed this. We did. <laughs> well, there was a Twitter feed that we were involved oh, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. <laughs> breaking news on the Dynasty Hot Sauce podcast. <laughs> right. Larry is probably drunk and forgot that we had the entire chat. I had to listen to the show just to make sure I wasn't going to like come through the screen when I came on today because it's a little unfair to expect that kind of energy all the time. So I listened to a lot of episodes. I, I feel like I know this listener league. I feel like I know it inside and out. I'm excited. Yes! <laughs> the dynasty hot sauce listener league, 14 team super flex, 1.75 tight end, 11 start. And I think that's how you want to describe a league to someone when, if you want to give anyone the deets to your league, yeah, just tell them size of the league, super flex or not tight end premium. And how many starters is important. Anyway, 11 starters, 1.75, the draft kicked off Sunday morning. It's been going kind of smooth. We just finished up the fifth round. Spaceman, do you know you know that Justin's a... Uh, he's the guy in the league that sits on his pick like he's a terrorist holding on to a hostage and he waits for the biggest ransom to trade it away. You know, actually... What happened this afternoon Mary, was I was working and couldn't send out offers. I got off of work, was driving home, was like, I'm going to send out like four or five offers and see what happens. But I will sit there for two hours and try to feel out and see if I can squeeze something out of somebody. No, I'm, all starters. I'm trying to trade back. Now I am just picking on you. So you have four players. You've made six trades. And it's not even the sixth round. It's the, the five thirteen is going right now. Sure, so right, the end right. of the fifth round. Where are you at when it comes to the guy that just sits there and has to wait to make his deal? I'm a little envious, to be honest, because <laughs> I tend to I'm a like go get my guy kind of guy, and I'm willing to pay for the value that I think, and I and I'll deviate from consensus value. So it feels like Justin's got a little bit of that in him too, where he's like he might try to squeeze a little bit out of you at times, which I'm not sure if that's true or not, but. 
if you're waiting on the clock, you're you're waiting for that best offer. That's a weakness of mine. You know, people usually know, oh, I'm going to reject this one trade because I know if he really wants this guy, he's coming again. And then if I reject that one, I might come again. So that's just, I'm a little I am, uh, clearly hashtag team slow draft. And I don't take like eight <laughs> hours. I think the last time that I, the last trade I made, it was like three and a half hours in or so, a little bit more than three and a half hours into an eight hour clock. And I made the deal usually within the first couple hours, but I will most certainly feel out everybody that I can in the range that I want to move back to. I don't have a problem with that. Okay, so the reason why I was just picking on, on Justin, another reason was we could have both had a live pick on the show tonight, but he's sitting there wheeling and dealing, making his sixth fucking trade with four guys on his team <laughs> in the fifth Wait, round. I also and now we're not going to be able to make picks later. Yeah, we, well, we may or may not because it can go pretty quick. We already know that. Like it can go in streaks. Yes. But Larry, I also have four picks in the next two rounds. I have two sixths and two sevens, I think. Now, yeah, once we start getting into this league, it just gets really confusing. But we asked you to look at at some of the rosters thus far. Again, we're at the end of the fifth round, so in a fourteen teamer. So not everyone has. No one really has more than five picks. But is there any teams that kind of stick out to you, good and bad? So mind you, I, I looked at this a couple hours ago. So the teams have changed a little bit since I last looked. No, no, Justin was on the clock a couple of hours ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I mean, unfortunately, guys, I'm just shaking my head here. I scroll, th I'm looking at the leads. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm count I'm seeing how the it's shaping out because it's fourteen teams too, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's two super flex, two 14 teams. I'm looking through, I'm looking through, I'm at, I'm doing counting on my fingers. And I think you're all losers because none of you have DJ Moore on your squads yet. What the, what the frick is going on? Dude, going on? no, no, no. I don't need you to okay, I guarantee this. <laughs> I guarantee by the time this airs, this is not taken. a live show, thankfully. Yeah, it's not a live show. Okay, so clearly Larry is interested and I'm interested at some point. There are a lot of first round quality guys out there. Now, I say that because of the first round capital that is included in this draft, the 2022 firsts and the 2023 firsts. I still think there are guys that are more valuable than those picks currently in this draft. Unless you can find that 101. The 101 <laughs> is a needle in a haystack right now. I really like what the Angry Sports Couple is doing. I really yeah. like the the Stafford and Dak combo. And yeah. then they've got the three stud running backs. That's like a win now type of move. And what was interesting is they got sniped. You got a glimpse of angry him in the uh, in the chat. <laughs> I'm a Zach, uh, clearly a Zach Wilson guy for many different reasons. I just assumed that someone would try to snipe me for Zach Wilson. So I sniped myself for Zach Wilson. <laughs> I got him like five picks earlier, so fuck all y'all. Is there a league winner you see right now, Baseman? Yeah, who really stands out? I mean, well, yeah. it, it was a given. Sorry, Hollywood, but... Uh... Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> you know, that is clearly not... You're not alone in that opinion. That seems to be the consent. Five rounds in, and Shane traded up to the 5-12 to take Hollywood Titans 2022 first round pick. The first yes. first-round pick off the board. So Shane thinks he's the 101. So I just did a 14-team startup 1.75 tight end not too long ago. A little bit yeah. different than this. Uh, this was just 22 first included. This is a, a league mate of ours, Ruben, the Dynasty Degenerate. He runs the Dynasty Degenerate Leagues. I'm using yeah. it as kind of a ballpark ADP sure. uh, or just like a ballpark reference draft, if you will. That's what inspired me to move up to grab Zach Wilson. Wilson went... Let's just say it was the 18th pick in that draft. So I was just like, okay. And it got, I think I grabbed him with like the 18th or 19th in this draft because I knew he was going, he would have gone in that next whatever. And I was just like, I'm not fucking around. Let me grab my guy. This is the listener league. I want my Jets quarterback. You know, yeah, you took him with the 19th pick. Yeah. Over so he, guys like Tannehill, Deshaun, uh, and, and, Stafford. And being an ageist, he's a guaranteed starter for at least three years. I mean, if Daniel Jones can be a starter for this long, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Who's yeah. your winner right now? Honestly, I don't necessarily have a winner. I just have two other teams I really liked. I like Mariachi Ninja. I really like that build. The car, Aaron Rodgers, but then they have the, the stud and Jonathan Taylor, but then they go Adams and Diggs at wide receiver. That's just a yeah. build I really like. Win now with the QBs, with a good running back to build it. You pick up a couple RB2s there and then have your stud wide receivers to carry you. I really like that yeah. build. And then deuces. I like deuces too. Deuces. What he was have. my early pick for the 101, but he's turned it around a little bit. I like what he's done. I mean, we hear about reports of what's going on in the offseason workouts and the training camps and all that stuff. And, you know, you're hearing good things about Mac Jones. I don't know. You're hearing good stuff about him. Chris Sims loves him. <laughs> Spaceman. <laughs> and what's real and what yeah. isn't? 
and, and tell me, yeah, Justin, you asked the question. Do, yeah, like, what, do you listen to any of it? Do you parse it? Do you just don't care about any of it at all? I mean, how do you how do you discern what's real and what's not, and what's just bullshit? Because there's a lot of bullshit. I think the biggest advice I have for anybody when it comes to any type of off, like a preseason type news, is to once you see that that headline from a news aggregate source like NBC Sports Edge, formerly Roto World, or Pro Football Talk or Fantasy Pros, any of those type of sites, you need to click on the source and read the entire article. Yeah, because you it is those sites are driven for ad money to get you to click on it. And to and they are going. They can it just they can tweak it a little bit, and you can say look and say, hey, they didn't really they didn't really change the report that much, but they tweaked it just enough where it can skew it. An example of this is Nikhil Harry. Uh, uh, all yesterday, the headline was Nikhil Harry's fighting for our roster spot. Yes, yeah, well, I clicked on the Boston Herald and I went to the report, and it said Nikhil Harry could be fighting. The beat writer was just speculating. That's all it was, was speculation. All the sports aggregates, they all rolled with it saying that he is, like it was like a reported as a fact. Like it was a source had told them that he was fighting for a roster spot. I think that's a big difference when it comes to this preseason news. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Amon Ross St. Brown is a player that if I start to see a real buildup, I'm ready to bail on him and try to yeah. capitalize on him. And then the opposite, Nikhil Harry. I send out a bunch of, well, it's tough because I have Nikhil Harry everywhere. So I might be even biased. I tried to send out my third for Nikhil Harry and their fourth. That's what I just tried to do. It didn't work. That tells me that manager, they still believe in Nikhil Harry at least a little bit. So if I didn't get what I was hoping to do to capitalize, but it gave me another piece of information that I can maybe use down the road in other trade negotiations. And then the latest with Harry, we was having such a great week. It's, it's fucking Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> I read today he was having a great week and then Brad his hamstring like with two minutes left to go in practice today but how do you say he's had a great week when it's the <laughs> end of tuesday the hell is that man i mean it's all a grain of salt i tend to follow a lot of beat writers if i see someone following a beat writer because you don't know all the beat writers but you have a lot of friends that are that you're connected with and they follow the, the beat writers of their team so when i see stuff retweeted i'll follow i follow random beat writers all over the nfl really cool to get that insight, I'm locked in on the Jets because I follow a half a dozen of their, their beat writers. I know all about what's going on. Larry follows the them in his car, like down the road. He Did you see the catch there. Michael Carter had today? Oh my God. Oh, Holy baby. <laughs> oh, don't roll your eyes, Spaceman. Get out of it's here. It's not bro. real until I see a quad pick. <laughs> I've not seen his quads. I don't believe. I don't believe he can do anything in the NFL. I've Dude, not seen his quads. I guarantee you, Michael Carter has a fucking great quad. I bet you. Who needs fingerprints? I need quad prints. I need. Yeah. I need quad <laughs> indentations. Hey, dude. <laughs> I need to see some sculpted quad. Let's talk about what you got going on, man. What? First of all, I didn't know that you were a DLF guy. Why didn't I know this? I'm, I'm sure I knew this, but I, maybe I just spaced out on the spaceman. Uh, I mean, it's, I see it's, what you did there. <laughs> it happens, you know, it's, it just happens, man. Uh, no, I joined them at the beginning of last season and I was writing the a running back opportunity share report. So basically the percentage of running back targets and carries a team has, and I was doing a report based a weekly report for them because it's been shown that running back opportunity share is more predictive than just carries sure. or percentage of rushes so it's because it, it's a better picture of the overall offensive involvement so i was doing that for dlf right. weekly i haven't been as active writing lately i got a baby on the way so i'm trying to get Ooh, congratulations the, oh thank you is this the first first one so oh, nice when you do wife's do august 6th yeah since he doesn't matter in all this justin i was trying to include him i was trying to make him feel a little bit more important because guess what you're going to be the invisible man in that delivery room dude. <laughs> yeah you're going to be the guy man. that you're going to be you're going to be trying you're going to try to help and they're going to want they're going to be like get the fuck away just stand over there is that how it what is that how it went for you Dude, oh, I, I had a I had a leg over my shoulder. I was over here. I was. I'm not talking about the fucking delivery. Jesus. I was there for 54 hours. We went <laughs> in on Wednesday night. The baby was my daughter was born on Saturday morning at 3 a.m. Potathon has nothing on you. Yeah, I could have I could have recorded several podcasts. You had a run DFFathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Dude, it was, how pissed were you that you couldn't go running? Like, were you just like I'm going no. for a run? And she was well, like, No, no, no. See, I wasn't I wasn't running at the time. 
I wasn't running. What? When was there ever a time when you were not running? I started running. I started running because I I, I was putting on some baby weight. That yeah. inspired you to. You know, I've been running on and off. I know, I know, no, but you turned years. into Run DFF as a result of your baby fat. Yeah, basically, yeah. That's when you metamorphosized into Run yeah, DFF. Yeah, yeah, you know, I had to unbelievable. Get off. Yeah. Interesting. The birth. Yeah. I'm afraid to ask where where the spaceman lives. I mean, is he going to tell me Uranus and like give a joke on me or what? Well, <laughs> well he, that wouldn't be. He's got to live on a planet, right? If, no, no. If he lives in, in on Venus, then it's obviously clearly in the atmosphere because you can't live on Venus. He would live in the clouds of Venus, right? I mean, it, it's classified. Should I? I mean, I should I? I have to talk to the boss. All right. So, oh they plan on continuing to write this year. So, I usually have a weekly database that has all kinds of advanced metrics that, like, updates before all the major sites usually have it. I'll get that out, or within like a couple hours of most sites releasing it, I'm going to have that up and running a, a lot more automated this year. So, I'm going to have that actually made before the delivery. But I'm I'm going to take probably at least oh, two months off from writing. You might um, find that you have more time than you did. A lot of nap time. The sleep is not consistent because yeah. you're waking up in the middle of the night several times. When Larry said I was going to be invisible in the, in the room, I was like, are you kidding me? I've put together all these Ikea dressers. I'm putting all these toys things together. <laughs> and you're calling me Mr. <laughs> invisible? Yeah, so she's pushing something out. Big deal. You know how hard those freaking <laughs> Ikea directions are? Oh, baby. When you're in outer space, there's nothing but space. So you have a lot of time to talk about stuff, right? And when you're with the space, man, let's just get into some stuff, man. A tale of two rivals. I listened to your latest, the latest show. And I love that you, uh, the first thing you guys were like, hey, we can't wait to drop a, a handful of more episodes. Like, yeah, and then we did. <laughs> I'm sitting on an episode. I I'm sitting on an episode right now, and then it's like, oh, I have this, and then I have oh a track banquet, and it's just like my ghost is gonna kill me because I've been sitting on one for a freaking week. Oh, Larry's sweating now. This is the first for the show. Tell us about tell us about a tale of two rivals, man. Give us the skinny. My good friend FF underscore Bannerman on Twitter, Todd Foster. He worked. He actually writes for IDP guys. Worked together way back. He's a colleague of Hollywood Titan. He is. Oh yeah. He he actually he basically tells Hollywood what to do, and he does the exact opposite. Good stuff. So yeah, man. Tell two rivals. What what? Tell me what that's all about. I've known Todd for 15 years now. The idea is that I'm the stat nerd. He's the go with your gut type guy and we try to find some consensus or, or at least attack things from different views and you pick a side you pick a fighter and you and that's kind of how i think that's how people work They're like oh i like todd's advice on this and then or i like the nerd on this or i like the guy who always loses advice on this so that's what taylor Shrive is all about and it's about we'd be having these conversations on the way home from work so we're like why not just have a podcast because we're doing this for 50 minute commute why not just talk on a podcast right. how did you connect with rookie fever so i listened to rookie fever as a listener miss swags and i'd missed Fenero at dff i used to work for dynasty football factory oh, for a while cool. and hey. they like literally left the chat the day i joined so uh, <laughs> so i just missed them shane manila same thing like i joined and shane left the chat i'm like oh great this is awesome i like joined for these guys because they're here and then they're not here anymore so i just missed them and i do honestly i listened to their pod there i go in spurts based on what time of year it was i just was actually in a listening binge and then sh they approached me to do a guest appearance and i was i don't know about you guys i treat every guest appearance that i can't believe it the people you know i love it podcasting i mean guys you put a lot of work into this this is this is our free time this is what we're doing for fun yeah. and to invite someone else to be a part of that that means a lot to me so i was really excited to be part of rookie fever that guest appearance it went really well they invited me back three or four weeks later they basically roasted me for all my crappy takes and we had a lot of fun and then i think i had one more guest appearance we we're like hey dave it just seems like to fit you know i think it's been like 30 episodes later and here we go it's awesome man. and you do fit it's a nice all three you have your unique perspectives and your unique personalities that you bring to the pod and i don't know how the public views the hot sauce pod but yeah i had known about the hot sauce pod for a while because you guys were sponsored the podathon and you guys how it was with you know covid there wasn't a lot of commute time so i wasn't listening to as many pods well i've been commuting a lot I actually i've driven home to maine a couple times lately and i feel actually pod poor what i say I, I feel like i do not have enough pods it's not enough to listen to larry when you slid in and said hey do you want to you want to come on i was like yes and i was like i you know i need to listen i've binged like seven episodes since then honestly guys i think you're a permanent entry because what it is it's i really like this how it's a natural conversation it's not forced it doesn't i know you guys have show sheets and all that stuff but it does not feel like 
we like, keep oh, it loose, yeah. man. Manufactured. Like, like, I hate that like, manufactured feel. Yeah, we like calling it loose. I don't like the word value. It's but. definitely a loose agenda. <laughs> that's what we call it, and that's what it is. It, it might be a Twitter show sheet thing that we have, and it is loose, loose, loose. Oh, baby, here we go. Where are we right now? Is it the Orion Galaxy? Is that a galaxy, Orion? Help me out, Spaceman. I'm a big Little Dipper guy. I, I do like Orion's belt. That's a fun time. That's a real I, good time. I can't believe you just said you're a big Little Dipper guy. Big I, Little. You said Big Little. I have no idea where I was going with that, honestly. So thanks for saving me there. <laughs> I don't know where Larry's going with this. Is the part. Well, I mean, I, mean I, but I feel like, you know, who, you know who's a Big Dipper? Kyle Pitts. Is <laughs> a Big Dipper. <laughs> Kyle Pitts a Big Dipper or no? Is Big Dipper Kyle Pitts the Big Dipper? Oh Whoa. my gosh! Is Kyle Pitts your wide receiver one? Yes or no? Well, he's no. a wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver one. No, exactly. I, because the tight end position <laughs> designation is what gives him value. If you were to look at him yeah. as a wide receiver statistically, he'd be the the tight end or the tight end. He'd be the wide receiver five or six in this class for me. He'd be my wide receiver six because. He wouldn't have broken out until his age 21 season. You look at it. He never went over. I think he went just over 700 yards. So if you we were to see a wide receiver just over 700 yards or only 21% of their college offense, that is not impressive from an age-adjusted production standpoint. But then when you flip it to tight end, that is impressive. That's what gets people excited. Ridiculous, yeah. I was doing some like a rough draft of projections, and he actually is my overall a positional player, I haven't projected to score the most points in fantasy for all amongst all rookies for skill positions. And I was shocked because I never thought I'd be there. Wow. Yeah, Is that I, premium or just just straight up pay fantasy points, just PPR, straight wow. PPR. I'll still take Jamar Chase over him. I'll still take sure. uh it was just really weird that that's just how it's and a lot of it had to do with, with Julio leaving. It's just funny how it becomes a difference between oh, is it actual point score that we care about, or is it like do I think that how he's gonna grow in projected dynasty worth or value? And then I looked at it, he's still only my tight end five or six. In my projection so i'm not even i'm i guess i'm high on the tight ends this year which is kind of weird for me because um, have you put together stat lines like solid stat lines that you can that you can spout off or yeah yeah i had him i mean i we talked about on rookie fever this week uh last night actually so it hasn't released yet Uh, um so it'll release uh finero didn't want to give any tease at anyone finero was a a party pooper and didn't want to release it early and honestly i have pits now mind you this is 17 game season so when you hear some of these stats, it's a l- yeah. little different. But yeah, around eight, a little over 800 yards, seven to eight touchdowns. I think I had him for just over 100 targets. So that was kind of how where I'm, I think he's fallen. Feels a little juice, a little spicy for me, but it's that Atlanta defense is not any better. They're going to have to throw the ball. They don't no. have much of a run game, that much of an offensive line. They're going to have to throw. Matt Ryan is only – people are acting like Matt Ryan's 55 oh, years old. He's 36, I think. He's only 36. He's, he's throwing got 600 times. Yeah. And he's throwing more in the last three years than he has in his career. So. <laughs> he's so, throwing 600 times. Who's catching 600 balls in that, that offense? My last take on Kyle Pitts is I think there's a little bit more risk than people are wanting to project, but also Ooh. it's really tough to, to capture risk. I think risk. <laughs> but the biggest problem with like in finances that, and one of the, why we had that big crash was, is that people weren't calculating risk appropriately and they don't understand risk. And when, we don't have the tools to measure risk in fantasy football. My thing is just sort out because you're doing it wrong. So, yeah, let's go. Kyle Pitts the moon. I'd still take Jamar Chase over him. But, yeah, I, I really like what he presents as a rookie. Kyle Pitts is clearly not a wide receiver. Who do you project as your top receiver? And does your wife know? <laughs> I'm telling you. she gets. How do you think we had a baby? We talked about Rondell Moore. <laughs> yeah. He's he smooth talking her. Like, <laughs> like, hey, baby. Does she Rondell wear a Rondell Moore mask? <laughs> Actually, I mean, what he does is, yeah, he she's over there screaming, like whispering Rondell Moore in Dave's ear. Oh and, my God. No, no, no. She's saying more, more, more. Oh. And he's saying Rondell, Rondell, Rondell. <laughs> and, and then she's saying Elijah. And I'm like, who the fuck's Elijah? <laughs> and that used to be DJ. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, no. She's saying more and more. You're going, Rondell, DJ, Elijah. Rondell, DJ, Elijah. Uh, uh, uh. Rondell, oh, right. Well, the, the, the grunts were maybe a little over the top, Larry. People are blushing the, right now. the newborn. I mean, I'm not allowed to talk about David Njoku anymore in the household just because it, it's, you know, Njoku is just, it, it sets me off. But uh. <laughs> Rondell Moore, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. So actually, I kind of laughed because the way on the fake on the loose show sheet, am I dating Rondell Moore? And I actually <laughs> took a little offense to that gentleman because seriously, dating like. You're we're not dating. Girl. We're courting. None of this oh, super cool oh, oh. terminology, like casual dating. No, no, no. It's built on love, respect, and we honor each other, me and Rondale. Like, you know, we, we were pen pals for a long time. Uh, he was over 18 when we were pen pals, so that's important that to know. But That's very important. But no, so no, I, I am in love with Rondale. So and, you're and no longer – well, hold on. You're no longer in the sniffing butt stage is what we're talking about here. I mean, I, I mean, I, I – I've been told not to, to, to kiss and tell. That's all I'm going to say. So, uh, <laughs> I may or may not be blocked by Rondell Martin. Hey, 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 the hot sauce or the off the rails podcast? We are off the rails. I mean, are we talking eight to ten touchdowns? Or? No, no, no. I have him at right around six to seven. Six oh. to seven TDs. But I do have him at like right at 100, a little over 100 targets, 700, 800 yards, and a lot, you know, a lot of PPR points. And I think people yeah. are discounting yeah. the size way too much. And all of my nerdy stuff that I do with my spreadsheets, size is not in indicative of fantasy performance. Can a 5 1 wide receiver be successful in the NFL? Larry what? needs to hear that, that size is not indicative of fantasy. Listen, so, I wasn't, so Larry's going, wife probably needs I wasn't to that going, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to comment on the whole size thing that the space man just mentioned, but Justin, well, I will go there. Clearly I will. I have some pie charts and bar graphs that show it. So if you need Ooh. any visuals, uh, the spaceman has a hair pie chart. How about that? <laughs> since we're talking, to, you know, since we're staying on topic here. All right. So Rondell Moore, do you have a little ranking of how do you tier the first, let's say five? Pre-NFL draft, I had Ch Jamar Chase at one and Rondell Moore at two in a tier by themselves. Post-NFL draft, I now have Rondell Moore in that second tier and chasing his own tier. I really like how, where I can get Rondale Moore. I, he's my he's my wide receiver two or three, but he's my favorite wide receiver to get. I haven't been able to get him a lot because I mortgaged the future in last year's draft, my dynasty drafts, because I was... Well, it was the 2020 I, draft. It was. I love the 2020 draft. I was able to get hit, traded. I should trade uh, in a two tight end league that starts like 13 players in the starting rosters. I, st I traded um, James Robinson and uh, someone else. Oh, Irv Smith for Rondale Moore. And that was post Travis Etienne. So wow. I'm pretty deep at tight end, but it's tough to lose that kind of player in a two tight end league. Or 13, that's, a, that's, that's bold. Yeah, it's, I think it's five wide receivers, three running backs, two QBs, and a couple flexes. So it's... Well, that's putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I needed one. And it was my home league. It's a tail two rivals of fit, like a home league. So I needed to put my money where my, my mouth is. And you can swing your dick around in a home league. I mean, hey, it's for the brand, right? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Gravity's not its friend. but uh. <laughs> You're not expecting a Justin Jefferson, although that would be ridiculous. But even a CD Lamb or, you know, uh, you don't see it happening, huh? I don't have anyone over the 20% target share, which is kind of where we had, we had, I think three last year over 20% target share. And then back in 2014, we had like five over 20% right. target share. You don't have a wide receiver one in this, in this uh, rookie class, do you? No, I do not have a top 12, not for this year. Now I think it's yeah. hard to project a top 12 finish out it's of almost, a rookie wide receiver. It's almost but, like predicting the 101 at five rounds into yeah. a startup. <laughs> I am conservative. When I do projections, like I'm doing, I love Jamar Chase, probably regret it now, but I went Jamar Chase over Justin Fields in a draft, and I totally regret it. You should. It just shows you how much I like Jamar Chase. I think he's the best wide receiver prospect we've had in a long time. And I almost kind of, so when I'm really excited about a player and I try to get, I get emotional, I sometimes I overcorrect and say, hey, I'm trying to be mm -hmm. conservative because I don't want to, I want it to look like I have some kind of objectivity um, when right. I'm doing these kind of projections. No, I get so, that. If you took Justin Jefferson out of the equation last year, maybe even CeeDee Lamb, and you looked at Jerry Judy's stats now don't look at his catch percentage because i don't want to talk about that uh, catch percentage is whatever who cares yeah and you look at him having 800 plus yards and 50 plus catches you go man that dude's primed to to really break out in 2021 and it's the same thing with like tua and justin herbert tua had a really nice solid season as a rookie and but it's just overshadowed by by justin herbert same way that jerry judy is overshadowed by justin jefferson or c.e lamb there's still a lot to be looked at there being conservative in projections makes sense. 
because it's it would be asinine to say, yeah, this guy's going to catch 1,300 yards or 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns as a rookie. That's silly because it just doesn't happen. It's tough because, you know, it's almost sometimes it becomes a hedging your bets for the accuracy thing because you're like, oh, well, you know, if I'm trying to be conservative and it's like, oh, and it's also too, you have a, a range, you know, you have like a range like, hey, if he really hits, like if he hits like an 80 percentile outcome, then he's going to do more than what I haven't projected. At. I'm usually around that. You know, I'll, I'll, I have a slide almost of where I think he's going to come based on the likelihood of a projection. But it's I'm still I'm actually kind of a novice with projections. I'm not there yet. My so it's a learning process. But it's I'm very draconian when I'm when I have a player I really like uh, because I I really try to control myself. When you're talking about the draft or the draft that just happened with the draft capital, how did the draft go for you? What did you do for the draft? Where did you catch the draft? Like Pluto. Venus? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was in my basement, so nothing Better. too new crazy. Um, I was actually too busy this year. I was on like five different pods on day one, and it was too much. I would have much rather have just kind of, yeah, day one, I was on like five different pods, and it was, honestly, it felt like work a little bit. You couldn't kick back and enjoy it. So that's kind of where I was. I wasn't anywhere too crazy. You know, I, I like to draft season my busy season so i don't go on too many vacations to different planets or anything so sure 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 when it comes to the draft did you nail any 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 um hookers or uh no no what, <laughs> what were your biggest misses in the draft and what were your biggest hits when it came to your draft projections i'm not sure about you guys when you make projections on pods or you know or make a bold statement on twitter or whatever it is I tend to miss, remember my misses a lot. So I kind of enjoyed forcing yeah. myself to think about what I got right a little bit. And I nailed Trey Lance this year. Like as soon as I dove into Trey Lance, people were really critical about his level of competition and his experience. And I was like, guys, this is fantasy football here. And the, people are talking about, oh, he's a home run hitter. Yeah, Trey Lance has a huge upside. But the thing with rushing quarterbacks that people do not under, they might understand it, but they forget it often. It's not only do they have that extremely high floor or a high ceiling, their floor, because they get that rushing chunk every week, is incredibly safe. So I really nailed Trey Lance. I had him in my top three QBs before when everyone was talking about Mac Jones going to San Francisco. And I was like, hey, I think Justin Fields or Trey Lance is going to three before people started to slide off of Mac. I had Trey Lance there. So I was really happy with that. But as far as my whiffs, I whiffed pretty hard on the rookie running backs this year. I thought that they weren't going to get the draft capital. Cause when you think about to the 2020 running backs, that top five of Dobbins, Gibson, or not even get, not even Gibson, Dobbins, Swift, Jonathan Taylor, CH, yeah. yeah. The 2020, JK, yeah, 2020 acres, all those, those running backs. I think every one of them is better than the prospects we have this year. I think they all are better prospects. They all have better college no careers. Kidding. If you had taken where Najee Harris stopped participating, you take his profile after his age 21 season and look at Deandre Swift, it wouldn't even be a comparison. Even right. if you did that, I mean, yeah. I don't really, it doesn't really matter for projections, but just saying like, Hey, what happens if Swift had another year at Georgia or how what would that look like? Yeah. If, if um, Dobbins had one more year as a running back because he was a quarter, uh, converted quarterback, acres from my neck of the woods, so I know dude, where yeah. are you on it. Where are you on acres? Because I have stumbled into so many shares of him. Jesus, I have so many shares of acres. I'm a young running back, oh, that's your running back guy. I love oh, my young running backs. Hey, who you know? Um, I think that's the biggest difference between actual fantasy output. And dynasty value, I don't think people are catching it. I don't think they pay enough close enough attention to how the majority of these top running backs score their biggest seasons in age 21, 22, and 23 seasons. That's where they that make their majority true. of their things. That must be why Larry Monkey wins titles. There we go. Yeah. And then I'm a young running back connoisseur. And then when their dynasty value catches up to that, you trade them for another young running back. Plus, Bingo. you get a big wide yep. receiver. It's getting tougher and tougher to do that because I think the dynasty community is getting more onto that that move. Mm. You got to find a way to pivot off that. But I just think – so I'm big on acres. Now, I think there is some risk when we're talking – all these young running backs have risk. But like I said earlier, all players have risk. I think we do poor at assessing them. So I don't – I care more about upside, especially right. at running backs. So – thought Harris was going to go round two. I thought ETM is going to go round two. I thought the third running back was going to go round three. Javante Williams, I thought he was going to go round three. So I really missed wow. on that part. I just, because I think Javante Williams didn't have the top end speed. He was competing with Michael Carter. I was just surprised because like that he yeah. went round two. Who is the, the last 2021 rookie that you would trade for a 2022 random first? Ooh. Hey now, so, and this applies to our startup, ladies and gents. I like that question. The Dynasty Hot Sauce Startup Listener League that's going on right now. 
We have our 2022 first and 2023 firsts in the startup, and they're assigned to each owner, so they all have their own. So are you stealing someone's first? My question to the spaceman is, who's the last 2021? So when, when, the, when this 2021 rookie gets selected, when should I concentrate on the 2022 firsts? If that makes any sense. Yeah. So it's tough because my rankings are different from consensus. So I'm like, I'm going to pick and choose. I'll take, I'll take the top seven picks. No question before I talk 2022 first, no if, ands or buts. Ooh, I, it, it's it comes, first round though. Deep yep, first it round. is. So I'm, so I'm taking, so I want like ETN Harris. So I'm like, I'm willing to pay up for the first for those types of players. I, and I actually waffle on Ronda Moore if I'll play it first, because sometimes I'm like, eh, are you just kind of, are you being a little crazy here? So, but for sure, the running backs, I'll pay a first for the top three quarterbacks, Kyle Pitts, I'll pay a, a first for. But after that, I, it depends on my team. If I want to go Zach Wilson, Mac Jones for 2022 first, I'll most likely lean yes because those quarterbacks have the either accrue value or pretty yeah. Yeah, insulated in value. So for sure, like Trey Sermon's the cutoff for sure. Like I'm not paying a first for Trey Sermon, 100% am not. So that's wow. It's, like a hard it's interesting that you said that because Jordan McNamara, former guest, the analytics of Dynasty guy, you know how those yep. folks on Twitter are just like, hey, I'm sitting in the doctor's office. Ask me some yep. questions. And uh, for, for whatever reason, I was right place, right time. And I was just like, hey, man. And I, and I wanted to bring this up tonight. And I was like, same question I asked you. And he said, Trey Sermon is like the end of the tier for 2022 first. It's funny that you said the same exact thing. Well, actually, he said that I guess he'd pay a 2022 first for a sermon. That was that would be it. So he's one player more than you as far yeah. as that goes. Yeah. yeah. I offered a first for Elijah Moore two days ago, and I was told no. If you want to talk about DLF ADP, Elijah Moore is the uh, 14th mm. overall pick. Trey Sermon is the 15th overall pick. Well, I hope you take him because I'll, you'll get a first out of me. I'll take Elijah Moore for a first. When do I draft again? <laughs> I'm also down on maybe in this copy league. Maybe I'll have to, to propose that to you in this, this Ooh, next year copy league. Are you, do you want in on the copy league? I, I'm going to have to see how this year plays out as a, as a new, new, we'll reach new out. Dad. We'll reach out in January. Yeah, and see but, how how the new baby life is going. The no. plan is they're going to be the better fancy player by you know, age six months. So that's the the plan. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. so hey, we got this baseman. Yeah, baby. Oh, hey. If you're looking at rookies this year, are you targeting anybody that's going to have like that late season surge that maybe you could win a ship with? You know, Wait like the, that late bloomer that is maybe stuck in a situation that's not ideal early in the year, but could end up having some monster weeks late. Got any of those guys? Late bloomers? Late, yeah. late rookie bloomers? Yeah, you know, second half bloomers. Honestly, I think because th there's a couple of ways you can look at this. I think league winning type of players like to actually win the championship. For me, it's Trey Lance, Justin Fields really pop up to me because I think... Ooh. I think what people what they do is they look at this these rookies and they look at these rookie projections. But you have to remember that they build steam as the season goes on. Yep. So like uh, like Travis Etienne, I don't think he's going to be. I don't, I could see a, a scenario where he's only getting 30%, thirty percent, 40% of the opportunities the first so. month, first two months of the season. But just sort of like Jonathan Taylor, and it builds up steam, and then as he gets integrated in the offense. Travis Etienne explodes. Same thing with Justin Fields. Same thing with Trey Lance. That rushing upside can really turn leagues on its – like we saw what Lamar Jackson did. Yeah. Really can turn things around. And then Rondale Moore, uh, lo and behold, I don't know how he snuck in here. Ooh, he must have hacked my computer. Love, love. Somehow he gets in there because I, I do think – the thing with Rondale Moore is, is I went in there thinking that, all right, I'm not really that – I actually don't even factor him in. So I have – in my home league that I have him in, I have Your dream. my wide receiver seven. Right, really, that's how he's my wide receiver seven. I don't even factor him into my season-long plans. But the thing is, to me, when I did the projections, the way that pass attempts out in Arizona, you're he's going to be fighting for that wide receiver too. You can have A.J. Green could be it, Christian Kirk could be it, or Randall Miller could be it. It's a wide range, but even like the wide receiver three is going to have over 100 targets in Arizona next year. That's the crazy part. So when you start saying, oh, 100 targets for Rondell Moore – and the way he gets those targets, he's going to really accrue those PPR points. And then if he gets some rushes, you know, just some jet sweeps, things get really exciting. And they get if they get creative over there. But sometimes you have to also remember that Cliff Kingsbury's out there, and he's not that creative. But are you concerned about his injury history at all, Rondo? Yeah, yep. 
a little. I mean, I'm always. I mean, once I draft a guy, I know he's cursed anyway. So uh, oh, you know, no. usually, that's that. Oh no! I, then I don't want him. Then if you're the guy that gets the, makes everybody injured, are you that guy? I don't think so, but it feels like I'm that guy. I think it's, you I, know. And I guess this was in 2019. The top two Devi receivers were Jamar Chase and Rondell Moore. And I ended up, I mean, I, I took Jamar Chase, which ended up potentially being the better pick, but who the hell knows? But back then, 2019, two years ago, that's two. Rondell, it was Jamar Chase and Rondell Moore were the were one yeah. and two. He had that type of clout back then. So why can't he be still that guy that is the shit just because he had a, a season during the COVID? But what, what I'm saying is what's keeping Rondell Moore from having an explosive season if he doesn't get okay. injured? Like if he because the, the knock on him is he's an injury guy, right? Am I wrong, Spaceman? Yeah, and I'm and I ignore the injury stuff unless it's something like Todd Gurley's knee. Do you ignore yeah. the injury stuff? Isn't he? You have to ignore the injury stuff. stuff. So I'm a dynasty football guy that does not ignore the injury stuff. The injury stuff. Listen, I'm a fantasy football guy from like the the mid to late nineties. I am well versed. I am that advanced in life that I know to not get into guys that get fucking hurt. Because they've fucked me so many times in my life that I'm not interested in guys that are going to get hurt. Why is anyone else interested in someone that's going to get fucking hurt all the time? Well, that's the problem, Larry. You can't project injuries from college. But you can. Career. You can if it's someone that gets hurt all the time. Frank Gore was that hurt. you're going to get hurt all the time. How's he doing? These Frank Gore fucking sucks, man. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Every place forever. What the fuck no, what are you talking about, Frank Gore? What, what I'm saying, Larry, what is that the last time Frank Gore was fantasy relevant. Larry, you cannot project you cannot project injuries based on a couple fluke injuries in college. Who's the rookie that's getting you to the title? And then who's the rookie that's winning you the title? Because those are going to be two different guys. The rookies that I think that are winning you are the Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Travis Etienne's Rondell Morris that I was talking about. Those right. are going to win it for you. The guys that are going to get it there for you, I think, rookie-wise. And because you're a rookie fever guy. I'm a rookie fever a guy. Rookie, when you have a rookie fever guy on the on the pod, you got to ask him rookie questions. This is, story. this is like A1 hosting right here. Well done. <laughs> I'm walking everybody through. I was expecting a couple high and tight pitches, but this is a soft, like, like you said, this is the softball, the soft toss here. So I'll well, take it. Meatballs, baby. Meatballs. Yeah, there we go. But, uh, so I actually said, I don't think there's a single rookie that's going to get you to a championship or actually win it to you. If I was going to be honest with you guys. So, which is not what you want to hear from the rookie fever guy, but, uh, and that's just because I think that's any, boring. the cost that it takes you to get these top rookies that you're, we're talking about here, the cost that it takes in player values or picks or whatever, you could actually convert that to veterans. And I think they would help you more than a rookie. So I'd rather have a, Allen Robinson than a, than a Rondell Moore if I want to win a title. That's so I'll just say that right there. Uh, now, going past that, however, I will say Najee Harris, Javante Williams, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts are guys that I think are going to be valuable pieces to a championship type run for teams. Yeah, I think Najee Harris is the easy, like early production guy, you know, yep. where you know he's going to get opportunity, especially in PPC point per carry leagues. He's a guy that can contribute early and be part of early season wins. Who's the rookie that you wouldn't be shocked? Who's the guy that you're going to be wrong about? Let's hear that one. That's got to be a good one. Uh, if I wouldn't be shocked, I guess I'm pretty the, critical yeah. of Zach Wilson. I'm pretty Ooh, critical of Zach yeah. Wilson. In your face, <laughs> bitch. And the <laughs> in my face. No, but uh, to be honest, the thing, I was actually a lot harsher on Zach Wilson early on, and I've come around a long way. Because my process, the way I do it, is it's very analytical, uh, shocker. But I care about experience. And when you look at, like, from a data-driven standpoint, when you're looking at games played in, in college, the importance of, of experience is that it tells you that they got that start at a young age and that the coach made it a decision over experienced quarterbacks in the program. They want this younger quarterback. So that's a an overall reflection of talent. Now, the thing with, with Zach Wilson was is he got that, except he dealt with some injuries that affected his games played total. So that games played total, which is a little bit lower than the thresholds I like, isn't really indicative of that skill that he got to get that early start in his college career. So I had to make it a big adjustment on Zach Wilson. I still think he's got a little bit more 
some competition concerns and I, you know, the Jets concerns. I hate to say it to you, Larry, the, the Jets concerns as an organization, even though I think yeah, they're yeah. heading the right the right direction or Joe Douglas, that while I have him as my my QB four, I would not be shocked if I was wrong and he was, you know, I'm overlooking the QB two in this draft. So I, oh, I'll say I so I, I would say that if I was gonna be wrong, it could be Zach, Zach Wilson. How do you feel about that, Justin? Since you're a, you're also a Zach Wilson disliker, detractor is what I will say. A Zach Wilson detractor. You're no, I think, and, and I own a share or two of Zach Wilson just because oh, the cost was right. Um, so I'll be glad if he does overperform what expectations are. That's an easy one to be like, yeah, that could happen. You know, sure. Devontae Smith is the one that if I'm wrong about him. I guess I won't be shocked. Boy, I, I just don't see it. So we'll see. Is it a size or what? Yeah, it's a size thing for me. What? For an alpha receiver at 166 pounds. I understand your beef. It makes sense to me. Justin runs marathons and Devontae Smith weighs less than him. That's all I need to know. Rager or Ruggs? I'll say this. It's a Rager no problem. I think oh. Rager's ceiling is higher than Ruggs' ceiling. I know that you don't like Ruggs. I don't have an opinion on either of those two guys, but I'm curious as to the Spaceman's Rager Rugs because I feel like, did the Raiders draft a wide receiver in the first round this year? No. Did the Eagles? Yes. So The Eagles have another threat like Darren Waller on the team to, to take 130, 140. Yeah, total. they do. Who? Who? Dallas Goddard. He's not going to get 130, 140 targets. I feel like Dallas Goddard will because Darren Waller Waller had no one competition. Dallas Goddard's been sharing the field with Zach Ertz. Why isn't Dallas Goddard in a contract year, no less? Don't forget about that. Someone that's an owner, or I don't want to say owner. I have been a, I don't know, what do you say instead of owner? You're a manager. I'm yeah. a manager. I am a manager of Dallas Goddard, and I know that he is the shit compared to someone that does not manage Dallas Goddard that does not know that he is the shit. Dallas Goddard's going to go berserk. I have Dallas Goddard. On, I have several shares. Dallas Goddard's going nuts, man. Can I, can't I get him? I'll give him a hundred. I mean, DJ Moore and Dallas Goddard are basically equals right now in our in our startup draft with a one point seven five. Because I will give Dallas Goddard 100 to 115 targets. But what that, but this doesn't, this is that spicy space, man. Is that a hot take for you? That Goddard's going to be a a good player next year? No, it's not. No, no, no. That's going to get, he's going to get 120 targets. I think we're all, okay. So this is all based on us assuming that Ertz is going to be gone from the team, right? Yes. We're all hoping slash expecting Ertz to be gone. And if Ertz is gone, then 100, 115 targets is no big deal. But but let's get this back to the Rager Ruggs discussion is that they, yes, they selected someone in the first round in Devontae Smith. But they didn't have an alpha target in the first place, whereas the the Raiders already had that alpha target. They didn't have the luxury. The Eagles didn't have the luxury to be throwing around draft capital out of two first round wide receivers. I think they kind of had to because they have to give, you know, the whole give Jalen Hurts the best opportunity to, to succeed kind of thing. Like, no, why, no. why do they Kenyon give Drake fuck? saves the Raiders? Kenyon Drake's the savior of the Raiders. Come oh, on. Don't boy. you guys know that? Oh boy. Spaceman, are you a redraft guy? Dynasty, DFS? I cannot move on from the Rager question without answering it why I think yeah. it's Rager over rugs. So just, sorry to, to go back. <laughs> sorry to go back. It's Rager. So what people <laughs> what people will say about Rager is that you know he underperformed. And yeah, he did. He was a disappointment. He was my I had him as a my a top three wide receiver for me last year. I think he was my wide receiver too. Top two. three. I was I was a big Rager guy. And I think a lot of people had Rager over Jefferson last year. I did, unfortunately. Yeah, so did I. So I, I understand. I took Rager over Jefferson last year. I think a lot of us did because it was just so to put a bow on this, people think that he stunk. And he yes, he did hand perform, but some of that was injuries, but people forget that that shoulder injury or whatever he had, the smart doctor people on Twitter are all saying that's going to affect him for the rest of the season. You know, I'll rationalize my my tears away and I'll, and I'll hope that was the case. But I will also say that he had a 15% target share last year. Since right. 2009, first round receivers have averaged a 16% target share. So he didn't underperform as much as people are, are making it out to be. He is right at that average 
for target share, which matters, you know, for rookies. So he wasn't a Nikhil Harry who had like an 11 or 10% or even it was 8% target yeah. share. So in his rookie year, there's things to like about John Rager. He had some air yards. There were, and what the best part is, is that I can get Rager like 12th round value now. Whereas I have to pay top five round startup for Devonta Smith, maybe, maybe six. The distance in price is what gets me excited about Rager. Now, I still think he's Smith's probably going to end up being the better wide receiver, but Rager's still a value for me. So, I'll, and whereas Ruggs, he had a lot of holes in his profile where, and yeah, mm. and honestly, I'm just the Raiders have just shooting themselves in the foot. Let's be honest, outside of his 40 time, his entire profile was a hole. Uh, Justin hates Ruggs. I mean, I'm right there with you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> See, so spaceman who's your like your most hated guy that everyone else loved don't say rager since we just talked oh about the him. guy who probably josh i was really like josh jacobs this year i was pretty low on like people were like oh yeah josh jacobs and before they even got king and drake i was like i wouldn't take him i wouldn't pay a first run 2021 first round pick for josh jacobs that's what i was saying that, that i love to hate him i love to hate kenyon drake last year i loved hitting kenyon drake last year now that they're both together together is just poetry in motion now, now, now we're gonna have a divorce we were married for a moment mm-hmm. it, we, we're gonna get it annulled let's be honest i feel like this if i feel like this is one of these pick your own battles things because yeah, i don't yeah. feel like you don't need to guys you guys should not get divorced over josh jacobs and over josh jacobs or sorry, just, you were never Rondell Moore. I'm sorry. That's what was that you were never Rondell Moore. You guys are wrong for each other from the start. <laughs> so, hey, I have an important question for you. What's your fantasy? Is it redraft? Is it DFS? Is it dynasty? Is it Debbie? I love, love, love dynasty football. Dynasty football. I love Superflex leagues. I really love it. I mean, I'm passionate about it. That's my favorite format. Problem is, is that when I've become this big spreadsheet nerd, it, it's a very time intensive habit or passion where you're playing with these things for hours on hours on end. And I actually just can't put in the time and effort into leagues that I used to. So I, I feel like it's kind of like that long lost love that I'm, I'm actually trying to get one or two. I want to do one more startup this off season just because I feel... I'm only down to like three or four dynasty leagues right now. And I want to get up there and I might, yeah, it's definitely Superflex dynasty. I feel like you build more relationships with other people on Twitter and your league mates. It's just, it's uh it's the way to go for me. SFB 11, the Scott Fishbowl. Let's do it real quick. Where are you at? What division you in? What are you looking forward to? Tell me what, what's, what's on your mind. I haven't been placed yet, so I don't know. As of now, it might have changed since I, because I've had a busy afternoon, but it, I hope I'm in the Jimmy Buffett League. That's what I'm going for. The Jimmy oh, Buffett League. Oh, nice. I don't know yet. I, the way I want to approach it last year, I made it to the semifinals because I had, I got really hot after making a wild card spot, but I went the, the Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins at QB route last year. I was really Wait, happy about the. Well, playing it safe does not require you to take, you're not taking Matt Stafford if you're playing it safe. Yeah, no, it, like I was, <laughs> I thought I was really. <laughs> over basically that had some really crap games from Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford last year that really hurt my overall win loss well, Cousins had a legendary shit game yeah sure it was sure, I'm sure you're yeah, very aware of it it was like right? shitty of shit 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 <laughs> but, yeah. but then AJ Brown carried me Miles Gaskin carried me uh yeah. Tanyan carried me and then T.Y. Hilton got hot Miles Sanders got hot at just the right time so there was a lot of things that went well for me so but this year I think I want to be a little bit more safe at QB. So instead of waiting yeah. until the fifth round for a QB, I think I, or fourth or fifth round, or maybe it was the third round, whatever it was. I think I want to try to go maybe one QB. What spot, elite QB. Think, what spot do you think you have this year? I asked for the 12 and I got the eight. So I asked for, right now, the final thing I think I've said was five. I wanted the five, but Ooh, I was a 10 at one point, And then I was like, oh no, what about the six? Basically, I'll I'll have a strategy for whatever comes my way. That third round reversal is really messing with me. I, I've only done a mock draft of the third round reversal before, so it's really messing with me. I love that you went from the 10 to the fifth spot. Now, are you trying to just lock in a QB, a top five QB with wanting the top five? Because me personally, I'm unfamiliar with the third round reversal. I've never been a part of one. I'm a late round guy anyway, so I feel like the third round reversal will, will benefit me. I wanted to, I put in for the 12 pick and I got the eight. So, I mean, it, the third round reversals on my side, but at the same time, I mean, cause I feel like it's, I almost feel like I want one of those top five QBs, you know? Because there's some good ones there that and and the QB scoring, you don't want to get screwed with the incompletions and all that kind of crap. 
right. The thing with Scott Fishbowl that's always interesting is that we're still in dynasty mode. We're still like, and we're dynasty. We're having like the first eight of 10 or eight to 10 picks are all quarterbacks, right? What's crazy about that is, is that I think they're going to have a lot of that quarterback carryover, especially in this format. So I think it's going to be very QB heavy, and but it's also lead dependent. Depending where I am, I don't want to get cut, caught on the wrong side of a QB run. So if at least I have one good quarterback, I can insulate myself from a, like a really nasty QB run. I'm not picking again for X amount of picks or whatever. Now, what you said is is really how we all feel is you want to, you don't want to take the dynasty mindset which consumes your mind 90% of the time into the Scott Fishbowl. So what you just said was you know you don't want to jump the gun on QB basically. Yeah. Which I feel like no one's going to do because the Scott Fishbowl comprises of such a diverse I don't want to say clientele but just a player pool diverse player pool you don't have dynasty dependent participants. I feel like you're guaranteed in today's the ADP today, DLF ADP currently for whatever May or June is there's like eight or there's like eight to 10 QBs in the top 12. That's not going to happen in the Scott Fishbowl. The Scott yeah. Fishbowl with all of the random participants this year has the most first timers. Nah, that doesn't mean anything. Even in this redraft league, it is still a very dynasty-heavy I mean, community. You probably, I so. mean, if you if you even know about the Scott Fishbowl, you're probably savvy when it comes to a, yeah. a superflex draft. You know what a superflex is or whatever. But I still feel like you can sit on a quarterback well, for one, one round. I have uh, breaking news, by the way. Oh, breaking oh. news. Okay. This is uh, very pertinent to you, Mr. Mm. David Wright. There we go. Uh -oh. Underscore spaceman. You have been placed in the police league at the five spot. So you got oh, your five. five. Got your five. Well, sting. Yeah, I'll take it. I dig it, man. Breaking news. That is breaking news. Wow, I don't even know how to react. I'll yeah. tell you how to react. Hey, you're in there with uh, our our friend. <laughs> this is, uh, by the way, a great drinking song. If you have two groups, you don't have to put on a red light. So I don't have to listen to Justin anymore. I'll tell you this. But by the way, guys, you can make a great drinking game out of this. Two groups. One per, one group drinks on uh, red light and one group drinks on rock band. And my goodness, you can get hammered in one song. Oh, it's great. Justin. There's your there's your pre gaming drinks. Oh, no, for those of you right. at the house. I guess this is how we're gonna have to break. How we're gonna have to start the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you're in there with our friend uh, Bill McCarthy at Super Duper Flex. Oh, oh cool. Super, yeah. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of the guys in there. It is. It does seem like everybody is. Every time I look at a division, it's like, oh, that's a lot of a lot of analysts or a lot of content creators or whatever we want to call ourselves, depending on how much you invest. Put your content. But so I, I wonder what the breakdown is of fans versus it's twenty percent to eighty percent. Now it might have been pu pushed up a little bit this year, but usually it's eighty to twenty percent if I remember correctly. Eighty percent analysts and twenty percent yeah. fans. Yeah, I think so. Which makes sense because it is real heavy analyst in the uh, divisions right now. Everyone has a link to some sort of podcast or you know website. You know, everyone's a well, deal. I mean, I, that's there. mostly what the Scottish is <laughs> all about. The folks that know about it are us. That's it. <laughs> Most of the, no one, oh, no one outside of this bubble has any idea what the Scottish is. It's true. I tell, and you know, there's private. Two, there's ten thousand plus applicants, but I tell my buddy, like, I have a couple friends that are real, real heavy into fantasy, and they're like, "Huh? What is this league?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're not." Yeah, no one knows. No worries, baby. Let's talk about this spaceman. FF underscore spaceman. If you're not following this motherfucker, then you better start now because he's the man. I want to talk about the DLF football writer, the co-host of the Tell It To Rebels, and the rookie fever motherfucker, the irrational love boss man. Jeez, while trying to learn something new every day, a.k.a. Dave Wright is the FF underscore spaceman. Follow his spreadsheets. Follow his spreadsheets and his ass 
at ff underscore spaceman dave wright is his name and just okay let's be clear those space dust that you're drinking they're high gravity beers they're high alcohol content they're like eight eight and a quarter so i'm like not used to this altitude it's not yeah really right. you're flying high on... right now larry you're flying we, high we have been on a flight we have been flying through outer space right now with the spaceman he's taking us on a trip and we are in the uh milky way yeah. galaxy we're spaceman give us a little uh where where are we headed, bro? Are we headed? Are we headed to a, another habitable zone or what, man? I don't. We're headed to get the hot sauce zone, baby. That's where we're going. We're, we're landing back in the hot sauce town. Ooh, the hot sauce zone because the hot Look, sauce is universal. Oh, in I, the universe. I want more spice. I want Rondell more spice. Yeah. I want DJ more spice. And oh, for Larry, I want Elijah more spice. Ooh, so, Justin more wants spice. To Thanks for listening to the Dynasty One, two, three, four. Justin Rogers talking Dynasty football, baby.